Welcome to On Air with Amber Wynn, where nonprofit leaders learn to fuse passion and commitment with proven business strategies to create long-term funding, impact, and sustainability. And now, here's your host and resident philanthropreneur, Amber Wynn. Good morning, fam. It's your girl. And I'm so excited to be here. I'm always excited to be with my family, with my community, the most amazing people on the universe, nonprofit founders and executive directors. You know, you are my why. You are my reason for being. And the other why, I just have to keep it real, is making sure that your organization is funded. Like that is my why, because when you have money, you have choices. So today's topic is strengthening your funding strategy. It's important that you understand that money is not going to just come to you. I'm sure you figure that out by now, right? I have so many people who start nonprofits and say, well, I got my 501c3, where are the grants? It doesn't work like that. I'm sorry. It just, yeah, it doesn't. It requires a strategy. And so today we're going to talk about donor cultivation. Donor cultivation as a part of your funder strat- funding strategy. What does donor cultivation mean? It means that you don't just continuously ask the people who support you and your organization for money, that you create a relationship. But we're going to jump into that a little bit deeper when we get back from this first commercial break. Mm -hmm. Donor cultivation. Starting a new career in a new sector with unfamiliar job titles and new jargon can lead to frustration and burnout. What if you had an easy way to get up to speed to learn the key elements of successful nonprofits and the critical steps we should all take to maximize our impact? Introducing the Nonprofit Essentials Certificate three short interactive courses that cover three critical areas. What makes a nonprofit a nonprofit? How nonprofits raise money? And skills needed to build a thriving career in the nonprofit sector. Interactive exercises and actionable advice from nonprofit experts help bring clarity to key concepts. And the end of the course exam tests your knowledge so you can earn a certificate and badge and then quickly put your new knowledge into practice. The best part? The Nonprofit Essentials Certificate is 100% free. Thousands of learners have already earned their certificate, making this our most popular set of courses in Nonprofit Ready. Register at nonprofitready.org and get ready to accelerate your impact and your career. Welcome back to On Air with Amber Wynn, philanthropeneur, that would be me. Today we are talking about strengthening your funding strategy through donor cultivation. There's two things that nonprofit founders and executive directors usually don't consider when they're building out their fundraising strategy. One of those is compliance and the other is donor cultivation. Today we're talking about donor cultivation. So, My mama used to say, money don't grow on trees. It doesn't. It does not. And that applies for the nonprofit sector. Money's not going to just be thrown at you. We are going to get you to a place where your nonprofit is a money magnet, meaning funders are going to love funding you. But until we get there, we need to create the strategy. And I have the roadmap. 
And basically it's two parts, right? First, you want to get the money and then you want to keep the money reoccurring. So the donor cultivation part falls into part two, keeping the money coming. I mentioned before the break that um, there is a tendency to just go to your funders and say, hey, I need money. Hey, I need money. Hey, I need money. I want you to think about, especially if you're a parent, you'll be able to relate to this. If your kid comes to you and say, mom, I need a pair of Jordans. Mom, I need um, equipment for Pop Warner. Mom, I need, you know, after a while, you're going to start feeling like, what am I, just an ATM machine? Funders feel the same way. I'm going to say it a thousand times. The purpose of funding agencies is not to fund nonprofits. It's not. Their purpose, their purpose is to meet their own funding goals. They just happen to partner with qualified nonprofits to get that done. So if you are an organization that only reaches out to your funders when it's time for you to ask them for money, you're not cultivating a relationship. And if your competitor is establishing a relationship, getting them involved, getting them engaged, getting them inspired, they're going to fund them instead of funding you. And here's the thing. The hardest part is to get that money. Once you get that money, then it should be easy to cultivate that relationship and 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 not only keep them engaged, but then have them give you more money. We're going to talk about all of that later, but today we want to talk about donor cultivation, right? Establishing a relationship. You want to build a solid reputation with your funder. You want to make sure that when they give you this money, you're turning your reports in on time. You're hitting all of your key deliverables. That's a part of donor cultivation, right? This relationship. If you are a bad grantee, they're not going to grant you another award. They're not going to continue to fund you. And then secondly, you want to make sure that, you know, um, the things that you do are in alignment with what you promise. Sometimes... My, my grantees will get money and then say, well, I got the money. I'm going to do whatever I want. That doesn't work because that's not what you agreed to. So when we talk about donor cultivation, we think about like cultivating a garden. When you're cultivating a garden, you're putting in fertilizer because you want to give it nutrients. You're pouring in water because you want to hydrate it. Those are the same things you want to do with your funder. What types of things? Well, number one, you want to invite your funders to your events, right? You want them to see the impact that their, that their money is making. Fund, um, grantees typically will invite their funders to their galas and have them stand up and all that's beautiful, but you want them to, you want them to be inspired. So have them come out to your events, let them meet your clients, let your clients tell them how amazing your programs are, the difference that they made in your life. Without your programs, they don't know what they would have done. That's what you want your, your um, donors to hear. You also want to put that in newsletters, right? If it's in a newsletter, you have a success story and um, you say, you know, thanks to our generous donations by X, Y, and Z, we're able to make this type of impact. That's cultivating your donor. That's letting them know that whatever they're doing is making a difference in your community. Not only that, but once you get your um, funder hooked, here's what you do. This funder is um, giving you money and they're, they're let's just say they're supporting um, a robotics program. They support this robotics program for two years. 
at 150,000. In three years, you want to either up that to say, hey, this has been so successful in this area, we want to move to another area. Would you consider also funding that? Or would you consider upping it so that we can have more girls? So donor cultivation is a way for you to increase the amount of money that you're bringing in. You want to keep it consistent, but you also want to increase that. Once a donor knows you and feels comfortable with you and know that you're a good grantee, they may want to fund something else in your organization. We've been funding this robotics program, but we wanted to know if you would consider coding. Yeah, we, you know, you, you give us the money to hire a person to do that. We'd love to do it. That's what donor cultivation is about. It's about creating relationships. It's about having them feel comfortable with you, having them trust you, having them be being your biggest ambassador. The last thing I'm going to say about it is when I've told you before that it's a small community, a small community of funders. So if your funder is excited and inspired and happy about what you're doing, they're going to tell other, other funders. That's cultivation, right? I've had it done so many times. A funder will call you and say, hey, I sit on the board with so-and-so-and-so. They said, you're doing amazing work in this area. We're interested. Can we meet and talk? That's what you want. You want to get the money and then you want to keep the money coming and then you want to grow the money. So donor cultivation should definitely be a huge part of your funding strategy. You want to figure out which funders align with your mission. You want to secure that money and then you want to keep that money. You want to lock that money in. And the way you do it is by making sure you establish this amazing relationship with your donor. So we're going to pause right now for another commercial, but when we come back, we have a question from Lisa in, I think she's in Long Beach. Yeah. So Ask Amber is next. We'll be back in a minute. You're a school, a foundation, a healthcare provider, or an environmental group, a museum, a church, a shelter, or a community service. You're starting a nonprofit on a startup budget and you need to get this right the first time. No mistakes, no misunderstandings, and no costly do-overs. At Nonprofit Elite, we know what you need because we've been there too. Accurate information, mistake-free filings, and peace of mind assurance that your 501c3 application will be successful. This is what we do, and we are very good at it, all backed by our industry-leading guarantee and 100% IRS approval rate. But forming your nonprofit and obtaining tax exempt status is just the beginning. Once you're up and running, Nonprofit Elite will consolidate the bulk of your operations into one place, including your accounting, compliance, website, fundraising, and more. We do the work of several full time staff for just a fraction of the cost so that you can remain focused on advancing your mission. Contact Nonprofit Elite for expert preparation of your formation documents and 501c3 application, and for a full range of accounting, fundraising, and administrative solutions. Welcome back. You're on air with Amber, and today we are talking about donor cultivation. We spent the first half of this episode talking about things that you can do to um, strengthen your funding strategy. And if you want to learn more, find out more ideas about what you can be doing to cultivate um, your relationship with your donors, visit my website, www.amberwin.com. 
net and you'll see there um, a donor cultivation ebook and it'll give you all types of ideas about what you can do to cultivate your relationship with your donor. But right now it's time for Ask Amber and we have a question out of Long Beach. Hi, this is Lisa from Long Beach. My question is about foundations who don't accept unsolicited proposals. There is a foundation that really aligns with my mission that I want to approach to support a program, but they don't accept unsolicited proposals. How do I get them to ask me to submit a proposal? Thanks. Hi, this is Lisa from Long Beach. <laughs> That's I love that question. How do I get them to ask me to submit? Um, and it's a good question because you know, she clearly believes that there's an alignment. So typically the reason why um, it's unsolicited is because they don't have a staff and so they don't want to be inundated with all of these requests or, um, you know, they really just only want to be selective about who they fund. Two things. One, externally, you can create a lot of visibility around your organization. So you can do things like um, get in your elected officials' newsletters or um, get in an article, a local article in your newspaper. Um, do a press release on the types of things that you're doing, but make sure that you include them. Like make, you know, send something to their email or, or make sure that it's going to be in the area that they'll be able to see it. Do things like get awards. Um, you want to just be seen by this foundation. And, and if you do that, then that's when they typically extend an offer because they're like, oh, this, this organization is doing a lot of work. They need to see you, right? So get on podcasts and, you know, things that's just going to bring you some visibility. The second thing internally, partner with some of the organizations that they work with. Go look and see, you know, where, where they fund, um, what they have funded. Collaborate with some of those organizations because what will happen is they can make those referrals or make those connections. They already feel comfortable with that organization. They're funding them, so they may extend that to you. And then lastly, consider reaching out and um, speaking with the program officer. If they don't have one because it's a private organization, send an email saying, hey, is it okay if I send a letter of intent, a letter of interest? So those are some of the two of the things that you can do to try and get them to notice you and to... Um, and to extend an offer, you don't want to just send them a proposal because that's disrespectful. They told you they only, you know, want solicited um, proposals. All right. So thank you for that question. If you have a question, reach out to me via any of my social media platforms or um, email me and let me know your question or do like Lisa did and um, leave me uh, an audio question. You can do that on Anchor. All right. So now it is time for my favorite part of the episode where I get to spotlight um, nonprofits doing amazing work in the field. Typically you guys are out there working and I want you to get your flowers now. So today I am focusing on an organization that pretty um, much most people know about. It's called Doctors Without Borders. Everyday Doctors Without Borders um, delivers emergency medical aid to people in crisis. With over 63,000 staff working in more than 70 countries around the world, their teams of doctors, nurses, um, and other frontline workers are often among the first on the scene when people's lives are upended by conflict, 
disease, outbreaks, or natural or human-made disasters. Let's take a look at Doctors Without Borders. I'm psychologist, project coordinator, community engagement coordinator. I am a medical doctor. I work with Doctors Without Borders, which we also call MSF. MSF is a humanitarian medical organization. But in my opinion, it's more than that. To me, MSF is an organization that has principles and values that relate with my own. Most organizations go to communities with solutions. MSF tries to get solutions from the people, the patients that they treat. We are always the first responders. Sometimes we go to places where we are the only source of relief available. All the patients that come to our facility is being treated free of charge. And we treat them equally, no matter where they come from. More than 100 trauma patients every day came into our hospital, which was beyond our limit at the time. But we didn't refuse any patient. This is what MSF is. It's a group of people who shares the common idea that each human being has the right for medical care. It could be due to conflict, epidemics, disasters, pandemics. It could be people that have limited access to care. MSF looks at what is in the best interest of the patients. We have the freedom to decide and to respond to the needs wherever they are, as we are not influenced by governments or politics. We want to be less and less necessary. We try to develop a work that will continue even when we leave the country. MSF goes beyond where everyone else would go. This is Dr. Without Border. Thank you for your service. And if you'd like to learn more about Doctors Without Borders, check them out at www.doctorswithoutborders.org. And now it's time for my Mindset Minute. That's what I share with you, just some of the thoughts that are just rolling around in this head of mine. And it's really for you just to consider something from a different perspective. Today, I'm going to talk about it's not what you know per se, it's definitely about who you know. So when we talk about um, strengthening your funding strategy, it's important that you don't just focus on getting grants. That tends to be the, the tendency of, of nonprofit leaders. But a funding strategy should only be comprised of 35% of grants. So there's a whole big you know, chunk of money that you want to think about. And what I'd like for you to consider is not focusing on getting grants, but really focusing on creating solid relationships. Relationships are the same no matter what sector you're in, right? People will tell you, if you're looking for a job, reach out to your network because they know somebody who knows somebody. It's the same thing in the nonprofit sector. I say it all the time. Nonprofits that get funded are nonprofits that continue to get funded because the community is so small. So you'll find funders saying, oh, check out this organization, check out this organization. So for this mindset minute, I want you to think about what can you do to continuously build up your reputation? What can you do to create more networks? And it's getting out into the community. It's going to those town halls. It's collaborating with other organizations. Put yourself out there. Don't just stay in your silo because when you grow your network, when you grow your reputation, when you grow 
your relationships. Now you're putting yourself in places where people can recommend you for more funding. People can see what you're doing and what you're about, know who you are and feel comfortable with then saying, this isn't an organization that should be getting funded. So it's not necessarily what you, what you know. It is, of course, but it's really important about you building out your relationship and who you know. So that's it for my mindset minute. And as a matter of fact, that's it for this episode. Today, we have been talking about strengthening your funding strategy through donor cultivation. We're going to talk a little bit more about um, strengthening your funding strategy, but this is an important aspect of growing your organization. So thank you for joining me. If you like what you heard today, be sure to share, be sure to subscribe, be sure to check out my website because I have a a ton of resources waiting there for you. And until we speak, be sure to take care of yourself like you take care of your community. See you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Head over to www.amberwin.net slash podcast for the links and resources mentioned in today's podcast. See you next time.